0: Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. This morning, we're gonna be looking at the the concept or the understanding of spiritual warfare. You know, during the Vietnam War, one of the, the problems that caused people issues, one of the reasons that the war was so opposed was because there were, um, you know, millions of dollars and thousands of lives being invested into, into that conflict and nobody really had a good, clear understanding of the point. You know, we were sacrificing the, the lives of, of the young men of this nation, and yet there was no goal in mind. There, there was no clear understanding of why are we involved in this. And I think to take that application and apply it for us, as followers of Jesus Christ, it's important to understand what we're doing and why we are engaged. You know, Christ has called us to surrender our lives. Jesus said that we are to die to self, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. And so we have this calling on our life to invest ourselves and to become completely engaged in in a spiritual conflict and i think it's important to understand why we are to do that and we're going to use paul as our example And this morning we're going to be in second corinthians chapter 10 and i think that if we had paul here today first of all he would stink because he's been dead a long time but if we were to ask Paul, why, why do you invest yourself the way you did? Um, I, I think that Paul would have said, you know, that he fought for the truth of, of God. He, he fought for the honor of Jesus Christ. You know, he, he fought for the, the salvation of the lost. And, and he fought for the benefits of other believers, and I think that those are worthy calling, callings that each of us need to understand. You know, we, we are called to lay down our lives for the cause of Christ. And if we don't understand that and if we don't have a, a good sense of why we're doing it, it makes it very difficult to, to engage so, we're going to be looking at uh, this, this letter, of, to the second, second letter to the Corinthians, and we're going to be in chapter 10. And the reason Paul is writing in this section is he is being attacked. Um, he had written a letter, the first Corinthian letter, and he had addressed issues in the church. There were a lot of problems going on in the church. And he addressed those issues. And so now he is getting ready to go to them. Now, Paul is the founder of the Corinthian church. He was the one that planted that church. And now he is having to deal with people who are, are challenging him. They're basically saying that he is worldly, that he lives a, a immoral life, and that basically he's just in it for his own personal gain. And so Paul is is addressing those issues in this section here from chapter 10 through chapter 13. Now, we need to understand that if you are a born again follower of Jesus Christ, whether you like it or not, you are engaged in spiritual warfare. There are no draft dodgers. There is no running to Canada to get away from it. You are called and you are committed whether you realize it or not. There is no rear area where you can get away from it. As a of Christ, you are a sworn enemy of Satan and of, of darkness, and he wants to destroy you, and he's going to attack you. So we need to understand that this is the reality of, of our lives, and we need to be equipped in order to recognize the battlefield, and then how to respond in the battle. Now, every church has problems. And Satan is going to use people in every church to, um, to attack his, uh, you know, God's purpose. You know, um, if a church stands for Jesus Christ, and, and make no, no mistake, there are certainly a lot of churches out there that are not standing for Jesus Christ. But if a church stands for Jesus Christ, Satan is going to infiltrate that church and use people within that church to try to to tear it down. And so Paul understands himself as a soldier of Jesus Christ. We should have sang Onward Christian Soldiers this morning. That just popped into my head. Um, But but Paul is addressing the issue here of spiritual warfare. And he's basically saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to approach this issue. Now, Paul, first of all, again, understanding and defining himself as a soldier for the cause of Jesus Christ, He he lays down some some critical elements that that we need to possess. The first thing is, to be an effective soldier for Jesus Christ, you need to be compassionate. Now, you may think, well, that's an odd um, trait that we should have. But when you stop and think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, as a follower of Christ, we need to be compassionate with those people that that we come up against, that we come in contact with. We need to be prepared, but we need to be compassionate. Teddy Roosevelt, remember, famously said to walk softly, but carry a big stick. And that's that should be kind of our approach as Christians. We're not looking for a fight, A, a good um, a good general, a good soldier understands that force is the, the last resort. It's not the first resort. resort. And so in, in chapter 10, verse 1, Paul says, I appeal to you with gentleness and kindness, and the kindness of Christ. Understand that that's, that should be our approach, that we are gentle in dealing with people. Paul's critics had made fun of him and basically said, yeah, he he acts real tough when he's writing letters, but when he gets around you, he's all timid like a puppy dog. And so, you know, they're, they're making fun of him. And so Paul is being a little bit sarcastic here when he says, though I realize you think I'm timid in person and bold only when I write from far away. And so what Paul is being is he's being sarcastic. I don't know if you realize this or not, but the Apostle Paul could be sarcastic. Um, I I, I found that kind of refreshing, you know, just that, um, you know, we all have our areas, you know, We, we all struggle. And so what we need to understand is as followers of Christ, we are to reflect Jesus Christ. That's that's the number one thing. We should be a reflection of Jesus. Jesus wasn't weak. He didn't lack courage. But he did possess humility and compassion. You know, Jesus didn't respond out of anger. He didn't respond out of of vengeance. You know, there, there was no need for hatred. When Jesus worked with people, he was working from a position of love. And so we need to recognize that we are to be compassionate. You know, sometimes people think that, that God just doesn't care. That, that is absolutely not true. God is being patient with us. 2 Peter 3:9 says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So when a person is living under the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen is they are going to develop and and they are going to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. And part of that means they're going to be compassionate. They're going to be patient with, with other people. That's the way we are to act. That's the way we are to carry ourselves. Secondly, a a soldier is not only compassionate, but we need to be courageous. In verse 2, Paul says, I'm begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. So what Paul is saying is, I I don't want to get in your face. I don't want to have to be bold when I'm with you. But if you make me, I will. And and again, as followers of Christ, we want to be compassionate. But at the same time, we very much need to be courageous. When when a fight falls in our laps, we don't want to run away. When, When we come into a, a situation where there is spiritual warfare taking place, we don't want to be like Frenchmen and run away. We want to step up. At, that was a joke. Come on, y'all. Where are you? Wake up. So, so we, want, we want to stay engaged, and, and we don't want to just be, be afraid to, to do what we're supposed to do. At the end of verse 2, he reminds them that they had accused him of, of being, uh, being worldly. The, and, and by worldly, what that means is that he was walking, that he was corrupt, that he was immoral, that he was uh, full of lust and greed and things like that. They're basically accusing Paul of saying, you're, you're not doing this for the right reasons. You're just doing this to promote yourself. And, and Paul is saying that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. And so he has this little play on words in verse three. He says, "Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh." And essentially, what Paul is saying is, is that yeah, I'm a human being. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a regular person. But the warfare that I engage in isn't going to be punching it out with you. It isn't going to be using um, intellectual arguments or things like that. I to engage you in spiritual warfare. You know, and, and so it's important for us to understand that the warfare that we are to be engaged in is a spiritual matter. In 2 Corinthians 6-7, Paul says, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left hand for defense. So um, imagine um, there was a, a real cowboy hero like Clint Eastwood, and uh, you know he's he's got guns in each hand, you know, and he's got both guns blazing. Uh, th- that's that's the picture here. That's that's what a real cowboy would look like. Now uh, there's some other guy. He's a he's an <laughs> imposer and poster. <laughs> but anyhow, hey, quiet, quiet. down here, quiet. <laughs> Francis, isn't that his name? Lillian, that's it. Mary. Mary that's it. Mary. He was named after Jesus' mom. So, so we're engaged in a, a spiritual conflict, and it is a supernatural issue. It is not a worldly issue. Now, what are how does the world use its power and its influence? Well, human weapons are, are things that are, are such as human reason and, and intellect, philosophy, psychology, um, so, you know, sociology, the, these, uh, these different theories and, and understandings that humans came up with. Those, those are the ways that the world manages and manipulates and guides and, and steers. That, that's, the, that's the world's approach. And Paul says, I'm, I don't approach that way. In fact, Paul even said, when I came to you, I, I came in simple you know, simple speech. I, I, I dumbed this down and I basically said it as, as clear as possible. I didn't use fancy arguments and things like that. In verse 4, Paul says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Now, it's really interesting. The word that he uses there for strongholds, it can be translated as a fortress, and it can also be translated as a prison. So what we need to understand is when people are are locked into the the world's wisdom they are in a they're in a fortress they're in a prison of their own making I'm gonna use evolution as, as a perfect example. That they have created this fortress that they say this is the way things happen and what we have done is we've come up with this theory, we've come up with this mindset and we are walled around in this mindset so that we you can't approach us, so that you can't attack us and What we have done is we've come up with a theory that eliminates God. We've come up with a way of looking at things so that we don't have to acknowledge God. And that's exactly what evolution is. And so it it is a fortress. It is a prison that people are trapped in. Now, the way you attack that isn't with human logic. You don't come up with that and say, I, I think you're wrong because I think you're wrong. You, know, you, you don't use that. You use the Word of God. That is the weapon of spiritual warfare. In verse 5, it, it, first of all, the, the end of verse 4, it says, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Now, verse 5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god that's the, the issue right there is people erect these these systems and the whole point of the system is so that they can so that they can be kept from knowing god they are in a prison of their of their own creating and the way you attack those again with using other human logic or reasoning, but with the Word of God. Now, it's critical that we understand that. In Romans 1, verses 21 and 22, it says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And that's, that is a perfect picture of people who are imprisoned in the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is utter foolishness when it's compared to God. You can take man's highest thoughts, whatever our greatest thinking that we can possibly come up with. And if you compare that, that, that doesn't even begin to approach God's least thoughts. You know, it, there is such a chasm there. And so when we want to work with someone who is imprisoned by these thoughts that are inspired by Satan inspired by darkness we use though we use the word of God because it tears down the strongholds that people have created You know, it's important to understand that when we are trying to to talk to someone, you know, this isn't about casting out demons. You know, this isn't where you come up and Jesus said uh, that you come out there. You know, that, that that's that's the garbage of men doing stupid things mostly. But we need to understand that's not what that's not spiritual warfare. That's theatrics. Spiritual warfare is done on our knees and done face-to-face using the Word of God to speak to someone who is trapped inside human reasoning, human philosophy, human theory, human ideologies. That's that's where spiritual warfare takes place. Our, our, Our enemies are... Spiritual in nature. Now again, there are people who represent those ideas and we have to deal face to face with people but ultimately it is a spiritual issue. Now back in verse 5 it says we're destroying speculations and even every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. When people erect religions... When people erect ideologies, what they are doing is they are, they are bringing up something and saying, this is what we want to do so that we don't have to acknowledge God for who He is. And religions are, are one of the main things. And you think, well, that doesn't make sense. How can a religion be against God? Because they are. Every single religion is against God. Because what religion is, is religion is saying, this is what I think I'm going to do in order to come to God on my terms. Well, guess what? We don't get to come to God on our terms. We come to God on His terms and His terms alone. Through Jesus Christ and Him crucified Period. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So whether you're practicing Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Roman Catholicism, Baptist, you know, it doesn't matter. If you are using religion to approach God, you're off track. You're messed up. You are headed to hell. It is only when you come to God and say, God, I am a broken sinner. I am nothing other than a broken sinner. And I have no help, no hope of salvation except Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross for me. Only that leads to salvation. Period. Nothing else. Don't think religion is going to save you. It can't save you. And, and one of Satan's greatest, most insidious tools is to make people feel like they're good because they're practicing a religion. You know, religion is leading to hell. And again, I don't care if you're a good Southern Baptist. If that's what you think is going to get you to he- heaven, you're headed to hell. Period. Now... Whenever we, we stop and, and come in contact with someone um, and, and you start talking with them and they, they start saying this is how they approach things or this is how they see things and you see that they are imprisoned in darkness, what you do is you bring the Word of God into the conversation you don't want to use human argument that that is a waste of time When my boys were little we had Nerf guns and we used to have great fights in the house you know where you're shooting Nerf darts at each other and you know you have these, these ongoing battles a Nerf gun shooting Nerf darts is about as effective as using human wisdom in spiritual warfare that's what that's what's happening so if you want to really make a difference when you're talking to someone and they're, they're talking about how you know, their religion saves them or they're talking about how <clears throat> their philosophy of life is this or that or, or you know, what, whatever it is, bring the Word of God into the conversation and use the Word of God because that is the weapon of spiritual warfare. You're not, you're not arguing them into right thinking. You're letting the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit change the way they think. That's spiritual warfare. You know, Again, it doesn't matter if it's atheism or evolution or, or religion or whatever it is. When you, when you start talking to someone, use the Word of God. Well, you have to be compassionate. You have to be courageous, but you also have to be capable, which means that you have spent time in the Word of God. You know the Word of God. You're able to apply the Word of God. Soldiers spend months training and retraining and practicing doing all of the techniques of of warfare, of, of how to fire and move and do all of the different things that they're supposed to do in order to be effective soldiers. Well, as followers of Christ, we need to be engaged in the Word of God so that you know the Word of God and so that it's inside you so that as you come in contact with people, the Word of God is what feeds your conversation, not your opinion. That's that's how spiritual warfare happens. These fortresses are erected and they are are primarily motivated by, by spiritual darkness. And so the only way that we can bring them down to destroy them is through the Word of God. Now... As as followers of Christ, understand you are in a spiritual war. There is, again, no rear area that you cannot opt out. Again, no draft dodging. You have been conscripted into God's army, period, if you are a follower of Christ. And you will be in the battle until you draw your last breath on earth. So with that understanding, you come up against someone who is in spiritual darkness, have compassion toward them. There you are once upon a time. And so have compassion for them. Don't see them as the enemy. They are just people who have not yet been exposed to the truth. And so have the courage to engage them. Engage them in love. Engage them in care for their souls. Be willing to talk to them. Help them to see the truth. And the way you do that is by being competent in the use of the Word of God. Engage them. If you you know you're going to be having ongoing conversations, do some homework. Do some research. You know, if you don't know where to... Call me I, or, or come by. Let's talk. I will help you. You know, I'll to load your gun. But let's, let's engage these folks and not run away. You know, on Facebook, instead of answering with just little things that you know is going to make someone mad, use the Word of God. Then they'll get furious with you. That's much better, right? So, so be engaged by be, speaking the truth of the Word of God. Do it compassionately. You Do it courageously. But you also need to do it with with capability. Let's pray. Jesus, we so desperately need more of You. You are all we need in life when we are connected to You You have promised us that you will meet our every need. You will supply everything that we need. And that that also means in spiritual matters, in, in matters of spiritual warfare. Help us, Father, to not just go through the motions of Christianity, but to become engaged in the process of living for you to die to self and take up our crosses and follow You. Please, Father, help us to be real, to be honest. And Lord Jesus, my prayer is for everybody that's a part of this service, whether they're they're here physically or they're watching online. Father, I just pray that You will draw them to Yourself, that You will open their hearts and their minds. For those individuals that are here who are are still locked up in a fortress or a prison of, of human wisdom, Lord, I pray that you will break them down, break the, break the walls that, that in, ensnare them. And Lord, for those who are followers of you, please help them to step up and put on the full armor of God and to become engaged in the conflict. Thank you, Father. We need you. We need more of you, more, more of your presence in our lives. And that can only be accomplished as we yield ourselves to you. And so, Father, my ultimate prayer now is that you will, through the power of your Holy Spirit, help each of us to yield ourselves to you more completely. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.